What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. Before I come across the table and rip Barry's throat out. Kevin Sherrington. I'm going to say to you what you said to me a while ago. Shut up. Barry Horn. I'm going to bring milk and cookies next week. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Rangers. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Rangers Ballsy with a Z Podcast. I'm Evan Grant. Across from me in what is something of a dimly lit but brand new studio, Kevin Sherrington, and Barry Horn, who's always radiating light no matter how dim the atmosphere is. Thank you, Evan. And we are in the brand new home of Ballsy and the Dallas Morning News. We, thought, we allowed the Morning News to move in with us to the new yeah, studio. Yeah, they built this whole thing just for us. Yes, and it's going to work one day. Oh, it's, yeah. It's a, it's a nice-looking studio. It's a very nice-looking studio. Uh Neither one of you or I are very nice looking, but no. we're we're all here. We're in our first day at the New Morning News. We were going to have lots of, of guests today. We've got a little bit of issue there. We will have that up and running for you uh, within the next week or so. But in the meantime, we have plenty of Ranger stuff to get to. And, and had we been able to have John Daniels on today, I think that what he would have said would have been very limited because the big news is Shohei Otani. And... Since we last broadcast a week ago, he has been officially posted uh, for transfer by the Nippon Ham Fighters. Uh, Which is, by the way, the, the greatest nickname in all baseball. But the nickname's the Fighters. No, no, no. It's Ham Fighters. They're, they're fighting pork no. over there. Yes, no. they are. They're, they, are, they have waged a campaign against the ills of pork. Yes, and their motto is, stick a fork in bad pork. <laughs> um, and we... Uh, so... In the in the proceeding in the proceeding in the following hours after Otani was uh, was posted, uh, teams had sent in their little questionnaires that he had asked for. Uh, teams all scurried to try and get meetings with him in the week leading up to the to winter meetings, which will begin next Monday in Orlando. And as it turns out, last night he whittled his list down to seven teams, according to multiple reports and sources. Let's count it down. Well, uh, should I bury the leader? Should I just say that the Rangers made this final? Oh my list? gosh, you're supposed to build to that kind. The of Rangers thing. are one of the seven finalists, along with San Francisco, Seattle, San Diego, the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Los Angeles Angels, and the Chicago Cubs. That's, what, that's more National League teams than American League teams, and it's a lot of teams on the West Coast. Yeah, that's what we figured. No Yankees. No Yankees. The Yankees and Red Sox were very. Uh, vocal last night to let everybody know that they had been eliminated from the uh, from the from the bidding. Um, Brian Cashman talked about uh, that Otani had mentioned a desire to pitch closer to the West Coast and in a smaller market. And uh, I believe Cashman's comment was, "If I was a West Coast smaller market team, I'd be very excited." Which led everybody to believe that the Seattle Mariners would be the favorite. I would just add one interpretation, that if you're Brian Cashman and you're talking about smaller markets, that would Everything. be every team in the big leagues. Yeah. So, um, But, uh, but look, we, you can change the location of 
Arlington, Texas. No, I think the, the the Rangers. I think the one thing that comes up here is the Rangers are fighting an uphill battle uh, yeah. in the geographic area, but I think they may have some things going for them in other areas. Um, they and the Cubs are the only two teams that are not on the West Coast, so clearly they had something to offer Otani beyond just location. You don't think this is just a little? Hey, listen, you guys have paid attention to me since You've high nice school. You've me. been nice to me. I'll be nice to you. Include you in the. Little, I, I, I listen. I think that the possibility exists for that, um, but I would think that at this point in time, uh, he's not going to fool around with that, and I think. Um, I think the relationships that the Rangers worked hard to build, particularly assistant general manager Josh Boyd, who has, in a lot of ways, dedicated his last six years to trying to build this relationship and further the Rangers' relationships in Japan, I think that based on the culture he comes from, the way respect is given and, 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 and treated in Japan, particularly with the Japanese baseball clubs, I think if you're getting an interview, uh, he's serious about considering your club. What is the breakdown of National League and American League teams? I just said it was four National League teams and three American okay. League yeah. teams. Well, I wanted, what, to, hear, when I I wanted that, to hear. I wanted to hear from him. But, but where is ago. he going to play in the National League? Well, I, I think the the, the other upshot, and I, I mentioned this in, in, in a column I wrote this morning, is that uh, clearly one of two things emerges: that either he doesn't really care how many at bats he gets. Or National League clubs, particularly these teams on the list, have said, we're willing to play in the outfield on a regular basis. Which I think is just crazy. I don't think that could possibly happen. Um, if, but, he, if he's the pitcher he's supposed to be, yeah, do, they, 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 do they want him chasing fly balls in no, the outfield? No. I, I would. I, I, uh, this is not about what teams want. It's about what Otani wants. No, I, I understand. But this, this reminds me of when uh, colleges recruit a two-sport uh, high school athlete, and the guy goes, I want to play basketball, I want to play yeah. football in your school. And they go, yeah, sure. And then they get there, and they see it's, it's impossible. Right. And I, I would say that there's some of that that probably exists in that this is a recruiting process now. Uh, and because of it, they're going to make all kinds of commitments and promises to Otani. And once you get him there, and if you realize, and he realizes that in practicality it's not feasible, he doesn't have anywhere he's going to be able to go. He's he's locked into that team That's for right. six years. So, um, and then I will say this too: if you were, and, and the money's going to play a part in saying all that too. If you had a uh, no, money will not play a part. No, no. What I'm saying is, yes, it will because if it was a seven figure, if it was a seven figure investment or eight or nine figure, whatever investment, and it, there's no way right, they, right. Would, they would say this because – but I, realistically, you could say, you know, we're only paying a half a million dollars to this guy. If he gets hurt, it would be a bad thing, you know, right. obviously, but we're not, we're not out a lot of money right. if that happens. Now, I, I mean, but I still think from a, from a baseball standpoint, the American League clubs would seem to still have an advantage because it is easier for him to play sure. and pitch. Sure. Uh, I, I think that, you know, I look at this list, and, and these are the things that stand out to me. Seattle's had a long history with Japanese players. Um, and they've they've had a lot of success with Japanese players there. Who, who owns the team? Um, Isn't it, it Japanese used, interest that own the it team? It used to be Nintendo, but I thought that they had sold it. And I'm, I'm my ownership knowledge there is is not complete. Look that up, Barry. Um, okay, I'll look it up. But yes, sir, Kevin. Seattle <laughs> has a smaller market. Yeah, they are on the West Coast. They've got a, a huge Asian population, Asian American population. 
The Mariners um, train in Peoria, uh, Arizona, which is where the ham fighters, the ham fighters, which is where the fighters uh, have trained the last two years. So he's a little bit familiar with that facility, which is also shared by the San Diego Padres. Um, I, I think for him to play regularly in Seattle, it's going to require either moving Nelson Cruz into the outfield on a regular basis at the age of 36. And I think Ranger fans know that that might be a little bit concerning for, for Seattle. Uh, or it means he'd have to play a very large outfield in Seattle on a semi-regular basis. Yeah, I just don't I, see that happening. I think the Dodgers are a consideration here. The Dodgers have what nobody else on this list has. They have a, a, a they have a winning uh, they have a winning history. They they were in Game Seven of the World Series this year. Well, um, the Cubs have it pretty good. The Cubs have it pretty good. I, I the, the Dodgers. The Cubs have a World Series. The Dodgers have been to five consecutive playoff trips. Um, they have an unlimited payroll. They have the uh, the West Coast thing. I think if I'm CAA, his agency, based on the ability to earn some money outside of what's going to be a small contract here, That's... I'd want him in Los Angeles. Which to me... Is... But Los Angeles is not... A small market. It's the number two market in the country. It's smaller than New York, but it's still the number two but, market. But if, in the if that's part of the deal, which you know, I don't know what it, what it is. I, I, to me, the the thing what baseball should want is that he goes to the Angels because of Mike Trout. Here is the greatest talent in the game being wasted. His his best years are just flying by, and uh, and they they never get in the playoffs. They never do anything. There's no postseason, Mike Trout. Right. Nothing. You know, they, so baseball ends up promoting all these other guys and pushing these other guys, and the best guy in the game is just sitting over there, you know, fishing uh, every October, November. Can I can I have a bolt in? He's uh, trout fishing. Trout fishing. Can yeah. we have a bolt in here? I yeah, can go, tell go you ahead. the ownership. Do, do we have music or no? no, no just go right ahead. Get to it. Yeah. John Stanton, chairman of the board of Trilogy International. Partners yeah. is the CEO of the yeah. team. They bought so, it from Nintendo. Yeah, and and he's only the 840th richest man in the United States, according to Forbes. Okay, nothing. Do you want to? Do you want me to? I saw I saw something about your your old buddy Warren Buffett yesterday. Do you want me to bring that up now? Sure. That that is he w- buying a team? When when Berkshire Hathaway the, the the stock first came on board in 1970. Yeah. Forty dollars a share. If you bought ten shares then. What do you have now? Well, if you let's just say it's one share now. One share then was forty dollars. One share now, two hundred seventy thousand dollars. I think it's two hundred eighty thousand. But that's, well, that's what they said the yeah. other day. He's worth eighty three billion dollars. Is that a lot of money? That's a lot of money. Um, <clears throat> so now here's one thing where I, I, I here's one place, and I I proposed this yesterday. Yeah, go ahead. Um, where I think the Rangers have something that can separate them from the other teams. Is this going to be that you Darvish argument I made last week? No, it is not. Okay, go ahead. Why is everybody talking like we're on PBS, <laughs> NPR? Every, everybody's talking so. We're low. trying to be civil because you're always screaming all the oh time, and it really upsets me. Here's here's what I propose, and this is going to sound wackadoodle, nutso, but you expect that from me. Yeah, for sure. Six man rotation. Oh, do you think he would go for that? I think if you're talking about a assimilating, which was a word used on the questionnaire, him into your team and, and into the culture, he's coming from what amounts to a six-man once-a-week rotation. Yeah. Okay? 
Which would allow him to play in the field. Which would allow him to play in the field and have four, basically four starts in the field between, or four starts at bat in between right. pitching outings. Where are the Rangers going to get five other starters? That's 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 a question. <laughs> Thank. But here's here's the deal. What is the Rangers' singular focus this offseason? Finding pitching, adding it's, arms. It's landing Shohei Otani. Yeah, yeah, singular yeah. focus is landing Shohei Otani, and they have the ability to basically say, "We will tailor this rotation to you." Jeff Bannister has always been infatuated with the idea of a six-man rotation or the way he's used it in the past, kind of a five-plus-one when he needs to get his starter some extra rest. He'll drop a six guy in there during a long stretch, and I think you can make this work. Now, the question is, where do you get the bodies? The other question is, how do you sell your guys that you already have on it? Well, Cole Hamels last year had a real down year for him. He's going to be 34 in, in December. He's going into free agency. What would What would not hurt Cole Hamels at all? is to have a 180-inning season where his ERA drops back below 3.5. That's going to help him. Martin Perez doesn't have a whole lot of leverage one way or another. There are some other teams. Are you going to go tell Clayton Kershaw that he's pitching every sixth day? No, I, I get what you're saying, and I, I think it would actually would help Cole Hamels to uh, a six-man rotation. So I, I, I get that part of it. Uh, I'm, I'm like Barry. The problem is is finding just arm. You, you would end up... Uh, it basically the bullpen would be the sixth man to me in this thing. You'd have like a, a long guy, and then and then it's the rest of the bullpen. Well, the way I the way I structured this last night when I was playing around with this is I scripted out the first half of the season, which I think is as far as you could possibly hope to script anything out. Um, because after that, then you're talking about if you're in a race, what do you do? You could, with a five-plus-one type deal, where you were using that sixth guy to make sure that everybody got five days of rest between every start, using that and manipulating off days, your sixth guy would start nine times in the first half of the season. Mm -hmm. And so it could be a guy who starts when he's needed and then becomes in between in those, like, 10-day periods where he's not needed as a starter. He gives you two or even three, one or two inning outings out of the bullpen. Yeah. And if you were taking a guy who, well, let's say Matt Bush. Matt Bush, for example, because this is a guy the Rangers are talking about converting into a starter. Right. How many innings do you want to man? How many innings do you want to limit him to this year? Yeah. 125? Right. 130? There's a chance to, you know, manage his innings as a starter, keep him, you know, in a regular routine, give your bullpen some extra depth. I'm not saying it's 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 easy to do, and I'm not saying that – the Rangers can accomplish this, but I am saying that at least theoretically they have something they can propose to him that maybe will appeal to him beyond what other teams are offering. Well, they, you know, frankly, they probably ought to consider something like this whether they get him or not. You know, I just think that it would uh, – this is, this is the way baseball is. Eventually baseball will go to this, a six-man rotation, I think. Some form of something, yeah. Yeah, where you have more flexibility. And you've got guys who are pitching basically two two trips through the order and and then giving way. You, yeah. you said that the Rangers' number one priority this offseason is signing him. Correct. Okay. Uh, are they making that well-known to the fandom, to, to everybody? Because if they don't sign him— No, they're not making that well-known. No. but Well, no, I mean— if, listen, they, if they don't sign him, what a letdown that'll be. Well— I think they've 
the interesting thing last week, and I, you know, I thought this was weird, is before he was actually posted, in the days before he was posted, every team was rushing out there to say, including the Rangers, that we've spent a lot of time working on this, that we're interested in him, that he intrigues us. Um, the the Yankees said we're all in. The Red Sox were going to be aggressive. The Astros were going to be aggressive. It's it, it was so completely different because the money was all controlled. And because it basically was coming down to a recruiting process, that teams that normally don't say anything on the record at all were falling all over themselves to say we're interested in this guy. Um, and so the fan base is going to be excited. There's nothing you can nothing you can do at this point in time to manage expectations on a fan base. If they get them, it's a huge boost. If they don't, this team is right where it was previously. I don't know that anybody realistically is counting on the Rangers to land them. And I think that the general reaction that I've gotten from fans after looking at the list of seven teams was, well, he's, it was the same thing I think Kevin brought up, you know, courtesy, a courtesy interview, um, and that he's going to the West Coast. I think that the Rangers, Mariners, and Dodgers, for individual reasons, are the three favorites. And not, I don't know in what order here. It, it, if if you're if you come in second here, you're the first loser. Let me just say that. Correct. But let me ask you this: Where are you going to put the Grant family fortune? Who, when you go to Vegas, where are you going to bet he signs? Well, based on those parameters, you'd have to say the Mariners. Well, I'm asking. The Sherrington fortune is much more than the Grant family. This right. is, this you're is sitting, fair. You're sitting on a real estate empire. empire. Yeah, empire. But but I I, I like to, I just like to hear where he kept. Where I, uh, Evan thinks he listen, I, I based on based on who Andrew Friedman is, what the what his GM Farhad Dodgers Farhad Zahidi has done, what what the Dodgers analytics tell them, and how far ahead of the curve they seem to be, um, and I think that it would really appeal to his representation. I I I, th- I think that the the Dodgers might be the favorites there. Yeah, that would that that would be if if I'm the Rangers, that's probably my biggest concern. Now, if I'm the Rangers, I don't know that I can have concerns. I just have to go and present my case. I yeah. can't worry about what the other teams are doing. No, this well, is well, not a thing where you can outbid somebody. Well, you have to hope he goes to the Dodgers, right? And not the Angels or the Mariners or the Mariners. Or yeah, the Mariners, yeah. yeah. yeah he, he, that just can't happen. Well, I mean, we're assuming the guy's going to be what everybody thinks he's going to be. Right? No, he may not be any of that and as you know as a scout told me or, or an evaluator told me last month you know gets here he, get, he tries this whole hitting thing and he realizes you know this is a this is a different level of, of hitter that he's facing different level of pitching that he's facing and after two months he's hitting 188 at that point in time same thing barry that you talked about recruiting it's just like you know you recruit a four-star and you tell him you're going to start your freshman year and then he goes out and throws six picks in the first two games Bye. Back to the bench. Well, let me flip it on you. What if he turns out to be a better hitter than he is a pitcher? You is know, that, I, is that a possibility? Well, absolutely. Because here's the thing that I've said all along about this: everybody calls him the, you know, the the Babe Ruth of Japan, right? Right. What did the, what did the what did the Yankees do with him? They made him an everyday player. They made him an everyday player. Why is it that if it if back then that and of course he revolutionized baseball, right? If back then you decided we'd rather have this guy play every day. What has changed in baseball to make you think that, oh, no, he needs to pitch? Well, I think pitching's become much more valued. I, I agree with that. Really? I think, I think pitching's become much more valued. And if he's, if he's a number one – now, here's the deal. If he's a Babe Ruth quality hitter, <laughs> and, I mean, we're, let, we're going way out there. 
they'll find a way to get him in the lineup every day. Right. Um, and if he just becomes a situational pitcher in that regard, then then he does. And we're getting way ahead of ourselves here. But, no, but, well, but, just, but what's just, changed in 100 years is that, pitch, that starting pitching has become much more valued. Um, and there's a much bigger difference between a really good starting pitcher and a replacement level starting pitcher and a, a, a great hitter and a replacement hitter. Uh, I don't, I'm, just, I'm not sure. You know, if, if he's going to hit – Let's say he's going to be an improved version of Joey Gallo because everybody talks about the mammoth home runs and he has such great power. I don't, I don't know that he has any better than it. If he's going to, hit, if he could play every day and hit forty-five home runs and hit two eighty, <laughs> you know, if Joey Gallo could do that. It, that it, well, the was, absolutely, and it had an OPS of of you know of nine something. Would you? I mean, I mean, would you really say, oh no, we'd rather have this guy pitch? I don't know. What if he's I mean, Mike Trout, the guy uh, you brought up? Uh, well, he's not Mike Trout because he's not that kind of athlete. But well, 40, we, Kevin, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but 45 home runs. Oh, I know, and, but, but two, and a 280 batting average. Well, I, yeah, I get it. But uh, but here's the thing: Do we, you know, when he, how many Japanese pitchers have come over and dominated? Not for long periods of no, time. Not for long. You know, periods guys of time. have had one or two years. Correct. Um, but guys haven't come over and, and dominated for long periods of time. Now, the difference here is this guy's 23. Darvish was a younger pitcher and has probably had as good, if not better, a first five years as any Japanese Correct. pitcher ever. Yeah. Darvish was 25 when he came over. Yeah. This guy's 23. Yeah. So, But my point is is that is the, is the appeal there is no he's equivalent a player? There is no equivalency on this guy that I can come up with because of the age, because of what the cost investment will be, right? Um, because of the possibilities. And I think I, I think it gets right back down to, again, Barry's recruiting analogy is you get him over here, you've got all the intentions in the world, and then we'll, the performance will dictate what his role is. You, let me ask you that, though. Because of that, performance dictates the role. But it's always with, – with everyone on his team, it's pitching first. Yes, I believe so. I believe everybody views him as a starting pitcher first. Yeah, and see that, he, could is there any clause in in this contract that that he would sign that would there be a no trade clause? And somebody can he can he demand if you if he's not being used the way he wanted to be used? Can he say okay, I'm demanding a trade to this team to see if they'll use me? That somebody way. asked me this last night whether he could ask for no trade protection. Here is my understanding: MLB has basically said this has got to be a standard minor league contract that the guy signs. So that would be no standard minor league contract to begin with, and then you you go into the major league split. Um, so that would indicate to me no no trade clause. Um, he wouldn't be able to find no trade protection. Um, I also think that MLB has made things really clear to clubs. We want no funny stuff. There's going to be no exploiting of the rules here. And if there is, you know, there's going to be trouble. So my guess is he's going in just as Joey Gallo did in his first year. No, I, just to be clear, I didn't mean a no-trade clause. I meant a clause that would demand a no, trade. I, I, I can't see that. I just can't see it happening. But that's based on what... What MLB? What has been the word coming down from MLB? Um, the way the the wording has been explained to me, and uh, just that I, I think that would be looked upon as as, as an inducement that um, that that's not customary and usual. Okay. Yeah, this to me is, it's it's an interesting 
uh, question about him and, and what he's going to be and uh, what, what we expect him to be. Uh, I, I really do feel like if he were not a two-way player, I don't think there would be the same excitement. I, I think if he were just a hitter or if he were just a pitcher, he'd still be you know, a big deal because he, basically because of what you said, because of the economics, because he comes and he doesn't hardly cost you anything. You know, if he was going to cost you, you know, fifteen or twenty million a year, uh, then the teams would still be excited and they'd be going for him, but it'd be difficult. I, I think. Um, <clears throat> I think if he was a hitter only or a pitcher only, you know, you'd have the same level of excitement on the pitching front that you had for Tanaka, who was the last great thing that came over here. Um, that that really worked out great too. Tanaka's pitched well. Tanaka's pitched well. He's had he he again has had the same kinds of issues that that you run into with a lot of Japanese pitchers is how deep into games does he goes. Uh, but he pitched really well this past year for the Yankees, um, and he's come back from. Um, but he hasn't. What I'm going to mean is he hasn't been a dominant pitcher. No, no, no. But you know they just. And, and, and you has been, as you said, I think he probably has been. Darvish has probably been the best uh, long term of all the Japanese pitchers. Um, I, I, you know, and I don't, I don't ever want to get into those, the, the conversation that, oh, see, you don't want one of these guys. They never, they never turn out. That's that's ridiculous to have that that idea. I mean, you have to take every case as it comes and what these guys end up doing. Look, Give, re- Evan, before before we go, what's the time frame on this? Uh, he has until December 22nd uh, to sign. Uh, the thinking last night, the conventional wisdom last night, was now that he's narrowed it down to supposedly seven teams, uh, that it's entirely possible he will get this deal done sometime during a winter meeting. And is there is there another cut coming? Don't know. Yeah, don't know. You know? I, I, th- it's, it's entirely possible he'll meet with these teams in L.A., cut it down, or cut it down to – Three or four in the week after the winter meetings, go and visit those towns. I, 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 I we're, you know, we're. Who is the most important ranger in the process now? Who the member of the front office is it? John Daniels? Is he? Is he? Is it? Um, it's hmm, a good question. You know, I would think at this point in time. Look, the Rangers have made all their front office inroads with them, and there's no negotiation to be done here. I think what it will may come down to is if the Rangers get a face-to-face meeting with them, which I believe they are, um, and I don't know exactly what their contingent will be in, a, in, in L.A., but I think one thing that's going to be really significant is the impression that Jeff Bannister makes on them, just as I think it'll be, impre- it'll be important what kind of impression Dave Roberts makes on them. Um, if, if the Dodgers sit down with him, because that's who he's going to have to play for. He's going to have to play for Jeff Bannister, and he's going to have to work with Doug Brocale. And Brocale had a very close relationship with you, Darvish. Um, you know, I think Bannister. Uh, I, I think Bannister is going to have to find a way to connect with him, and um, that's a good thing for the Rangers because Bannister is a people person. Uh, look, no? Jeff. Jeff has been um, a great face for the organization. I think that he's also got that. I think it works really well in Texas because he's the son of a of a Texas high school football coach. He's got that kind of big, tall Texan um, mentality and persona. 
I don't know how that's going to play with a Japanese guy, you know, who's not used to that. I, Do, I, how did it work Do, with Do, Darvish? Uh, I think, uh, you know, I think with Darvish it was uh, – look, the first year that Bannister was here, Darvish got hurt in his first spring training game. And then he spent a year and a half getting healthy. He was basically healthy for half of 2016 and for the first half of 2017 before he was traded and spent much of that 2017 time under kind of speculation about trades. So I don't know that he and Bannister ever had what amounted to the same kind of relationship that this guy would have. Um, I I think that Darvish uh, respected and – and had admiration for everybody, but I will say this: that when when there was a lot of criticism lobbed at the Rangers personnel based on comments he made during the playoffs, Darvish sought out uh, sought me out and wanted to clear it up that there was no issue with Doug Doug Brocale or Brad Holman, um, and it was all based on on pitching coaches. But there was never anything brought up about oh I you know I adore Jeff Bannister or I dislike Jeff Bannister. So. Well, I think that, you know, we had to make clear, too, that's the case with most athletes. Most athletes' interaction is with their assistant coach, Correct. with their position coach, not with the head coach or the, or the manager. Correct, and, and particularly in baseball. and uh, In football, you know, a quarterback may have a stronger relationship with the head coach. But, yeah, uh, outside of the one franchise player or two, you, you just don't have much of uh, the same working relationship that, that you do with your, your position coach. Yeah. Are we anything else to, to discuss about the Rangers? Man, I, I I really think you know this is until this thing gets resolved. This is their singular approach. I I, I do think they're they're working on on all of their pitching options. It's, it's clear that that they have lots of pitching needs. And in a best case scenario, right now, if you assume that Matt Bush ends up in some kind of starting role, they've got four pitchers. They probably need a pool of about nine. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'll even I'll even say let's throw Ronald Herrera into the mix, the the kid that they got from the Yankees as a potential starting depth option. But they they jettisoned Nick Martinez, who they may not get back. They jettisoned AJ Griffin, who I don't think they're going to bring back. They they Chichi. they jettisoned Chichi Rodriguez, who I do think they'll bring back on a minor league contract or are interested in bringing back on a minor league contract. But he's not going to pitch this year. I mean, he had right. Tommy John last July, and under their rehab program. He wouldn't be ready to pitch until September, and I just don't see how how that's going to factor in for them this year. So um, they've got a lot of pitching work to do, and I think they're they're going to you know they're working on all those fronts. But I also think if they're considering the possibility of proposing a six man rotation to Otani, um, it's also going to be incumbent upon them to communicate that to their potential starting pitching options. And so some of how they communicate with their starting pitching options is going to be dependent on what happens, whether or not they get Otani. Um, and it, it, I, I figured this was going to be the case. We, I mean, we, we spent 40 minutes talking about Shohei Otani today, um, and, and I – I don't know if we've gotten anything right, to be honest with you, because it's, uh, it's nobody's going to get anything right. Nobody, nobody, knows, nobody knows, but at least we put things out there. Right. Uh, grist for the mill. Grist that, for the mill. That that's, the, that's the that's the cliche. Yeah. Is that the cliche? Yeah. Thank you. I just I, I can't. To me, uh, I'm 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 fascinated by the Angels and and uh, Artie Moreno and and all the money he used to spend, 
and that he no longer he, spends. But he doesn't have to spend money in this uh, here. He's got to spend money you know, to keep Mike Trout. No, happy. no, but he doesn't have to spend money on Otani. I know, but I just think that he, you know, I will say this based on what I've what I've seen from Artie Moreno over the last couple of years. Um, I would if, if if an owner could go in there and mess it up of this group. <laughs> I would put money on Artie Moreno somehow messing that up. Yeah, well, um, he's, he's, he'd be the odds-on favorite. I don't know if he would, but I mean, he'd be the odds-on favorite for me of having a negative impact on this whole thing. He just got, you know, I, I'm I would be shocked if he didn't go in, or he should go all in on Darvish. You know, to me, he I, should. And to see what I, that's what I propose for the Rangers. Well, I think it's much more likely for the Angels to be able to pull that off than than for the Rangers to do it. That he should go all in and say, "Hey, you know, uh, tell Otani, I'm going to bring in your old your old pal here too, and you're getting two for the price of one." You and know, again, I, we still don't know. We, we still don't know what impact Darvish will don't. have on Otani. We don't. But, but I, I will say this: the Mariners have re. You know, we we talked last week about this whole narrative of does he want to pitch with a, another Japanese pitcher? Yada yada yada. The Dodgers still have Kenta Maeda. Uh, the, the the Mariners right. have re-signed Hisashi Iwakuma to a minor league deal, which isn't a guarantee of anything. But I think you can, under those, uh, whatever the word is that I'm looking for, <laughs> um, you can assume that that he's willing to pitch with whoever. Now, whether or not it would be an enticement, I don't know. Yeah, I'd have to believe it would be. So Why wouldn't it be? Um, anyway, that's Rangers talk for for this morning or Otani talk for this morning. We're going to have um, we're going to do Cowboys and we're going to talk about um, Bob McAdoo. That's not Bob, Bob McAdoo. That's Ben McAdoo. No, I, I think the 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 Giants fans probably wish it was Bob McAdoo at this point in time. Yeah. We'll talk about Eli Manning, uh, and we will talk college football playoffs, which I can't wait to get into with you guys. Uh, did, so did, it, did a team you like get in? Yes, I. Yeah. Love them Clemson Tigers. <laughs> yeah. um, so anyway, uh, thanks for listening, and we will be back shortly with more on Ballsy. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.